ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. I'm Tom. That's Jeff. We're talking TNA. We're talking Hogan Sting. I'm looking forward to this one, man. And, and my expectations are not that we're going to have a five-star Matt Classic, but I, as you like to say, I think we're going to see some shenanigans. Yes, I, th- I definitely think we are. I think we're, we're going to see some uh, familiar names on this card here. I think it's just uh, it's one of those like, yeah, I feel like why not talk about it, you know? Agreed. Agreed. All right, this is going to be a fun one. Um I'm ready to jump right in if you are. Let's do it, man. Yeah. Okay. It's time for the build. Oh, it's time for the build. TNA. We're in Philadelphia. I can't even pronounce the name of this venue. Lycorcus. Lycorcus Center. Uh, 3,585 in attendance. The tagline for this is we the people because we're in Philadelphia. Um, Yeah, I mean, TNA at this era, if nothing else was interesting, and you said Mm. it with some of the names on here and some of the matches, uh, you know, I I think there's a lot of hidden gems and a lot of really good stuff in this era of TNA uh, that I certainly have never seen. I'm guessing in a lot of cases you haven't seen either. Definitely not. Yeah. So dark match on this show was Mexican America, uh, which are your tag team champions defeating Inc. Inc. uh, in eight minutes. Show starts off with Austin Aries uh, defeating Brian Kendrick in an X division match. Ten minutes. Probably an awesome way to start the show. Uh, in a full metal mayhem match, RVD defeats Jerry Lynn. So we're doing that in Philadelphia. That's pretty cool. Crimson's going to defeat Matt Morgan and Samoa Joe in a three-way match. Mr. Anderson's going to defeat Bully Ray in a Falls Count Anywhere Philadelphia street fight in 14 minutes. So pretty heavy ECW influence here. Velvet Sky uh, is going to win a four-way TNA Women's Knockout Championship. Uh, match with Karen Jarrett as a special guest referee, defeating Winter, Madison Rain, and Mickey James. Uh, AJ Styles is going to defeat Christopher Daniels in an I Quit match. That had to be good, right? Um, actually, I'm, I'll give you that in a second. Uh, Sting and Hogan is your semi-main event. And then your main event is Kurt Angle retaining his TNA World Championship against Bobby Roode in 15 minutes. So, uh, they're calling it the best pay-per-view of the year for TNA. Uh, most entertaining bound for glory in history. Of course, this is their big show. Uh, or no, S- Slammiversary is their big show. Slammiversary right? more, yeah. Bound for glory is pretty big too. Um, Van Damme uh, rated well. Angle rude. So 
yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was a, a pretty well-received show. Uh, Sting Hogan, I know that, I mean, you could spend hours talking about their history, and I want to get into some of that during the match, but uh, from a TNA standpoint, how do we get to these two wrestling? Uh, you know, we got Ric Flair involved, Garrett Bischoff, got a lot of stuff going on. Control it's all kinds, yeah. Yeah, try, try to walk us through this. So... This show taking place October 16th, 2011. We're going to go back to really a year and a half before there was, you had January 4th. There was a three hour uh, Monday night edition of TNA impact. You had Hogan and date Hogan and Bischoff debuting um, that sting kind of siding with TNA from uh, part of the story that's playing out was he, he tried to warn um Dixie Carter, who was the president of TNA at the time, like there's just shenanigans here. Things are being weird. Like there's a conspiracy, like stuff happening. And so um, it was actually the previous Bound for Glory in 2010, October 10th, that you had Hogan, Bischoff, Jeff Jarrett, Abyss, and the newly crowned TNA World Heavyweight Champion Jeff Hardy to were revealed to be the faction they just t-h-e-y um it was something that abyss had for months they had been building toward almost like the uh you know who was in uh, you know who was the commissioner in wwe like all these different things that they were kind of building toward and this is when it was revealed and so um you know, dealing with that and, and kind of showing that they were then going to try and take over TNA. Um, you then had them calling themselves the immortal and Sting, who along with Kevin Nash, who along with him had sided with Sting, uh, they were invited to join, but the two instead, I say, quote, left the company. And so you had months of Immortal controlling TNA and then Sting returning on March 3rd, 2011 on an episode of Impact. He ended up winning the TNA World Heavyweight Championship uh, and then retaining the belt. He feuded with Immortal at Slammiversary. He had a back and forth, you know, had some feuding with Mr. Anderson as well, too. Um, Just kind of, you know, it was really the fact, like, you know, really a throwback in a lot of ways to the nwo stuff of trying to recruit sting and different people and all this other stuff and so um it was interesting one thing i would did want to point out on this one was because we've seen joker sting in uh aew recently in the last couple of months here and so this was actually where he debuted joker sting um and so you know it's where he was being a little bit more just like the Joker, a little bit more maniacal. The paint was a little bit different. Like you, you just had this, you know, he was, he was called the insane icon. Was it? And it was Bischoff made a good point here. Uh, Cause I was, when we saw Joker sting in AEW said, well, uh, that's what you he said. That's what you thought if you're familiar with his work during the early days of the Hogan Bischoff era of TNA. Uh, if you saw a Joker Sting, you probably were and didn't know that you were probably pretty confused. And so, um, because they were referencing Joker Sting on AEW, but Ian and I was like, "Who the hell's Joker Sting? Like, give me Surfer Sting. Like, what's going on here?" So, just unusual. So getting a little closer to the event, we're into August now at this point. Again, the event happening in October. Um, August, it was Hardcore Justice. Sting actually lost the title to Kurt Angle. It was after interference from Hogan. 
Um, and they actually recruited Angle to Immortal in the process, that, fac- that faction as well, too. So um, if you had Hogan costing the opportunity to regain the title, there's a couple of different times. Uh, Sting actually started uh, kind of building against Hogan, you know, trying to get Hogan to go back to being better, trying to get him out of Immortal. You also had Ric Flair, um, uh, you know, you know, earning a victory against Hogan. It was at Bound for Glory. And so Sting, throughout all of this, you had the faction, you had Sting trying to um, recruit Hogan back from being in this group. Um, and it was decided that Hogan agreed to give TNA back to Dixie Carter if Sting won the match. And so it just kind of it really played out over a long time. Kind of interesting how that happened. We, we we're gonna see a lot of the faces that we talked about in this one during this match kind of pop up. Um, you know, kind of adding to it. So that's gonna just be interesting. But yeah, it's just a lot of pieces at play here. I like a good faction. Like it started to make a ton of sense. And I think, you know, after I was kind of doing my notes, it is a little bit of a throwback to NWO and kind of what they were doing and kind of taking over, but they actually like did it. And so, um, yeah, they just, we got, you know, we'll watch the match. Like you said, it's not going to be the most incredible match, but part of the story kind of came to a head here and kind of, um, we see the results of a lot of this months and really year long faction and kind of sting trying to bring Hogan back to the light side. So whatever you need. So, yeah, so that's where we're at. Okay. You know, it, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's really not like whatever. Like that's really what it is. They're they're, they're trying here, but it just uh, I think this is why you know you listen to some of that and you're like, yeah, that's not the greatest booking in the world, and we're we're a long ways away from you know '98 Sting Hogan, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's jump into this one. Yep, we are uh, on Impact Wrestling's. YouTube, which I, I get the sense has a ton of stuff on here because I feel like every time we need a TNA clip or match or something, it's on YouTube for free, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's got 20 million views. Yeah. Like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. There, it's, and I'm sure there's other clips like this where there's just a, a ton of views all over the world. Um, and then, you know, Impact has 5 million YouTube subscribers, too. It's not a, you know, it's it's TNA, LOL, but, like, dude, there were a hell of a lot of people watching TNA. You know, you got 4,000 in this arena. Like, they they, they did fine. I mean, in, in a lot of ways, they were more popular then than AEW is now. Um, but, you know, they, they made a lot of business mistakes. ECW was also very popular. Um, mm-hmm. arguably as popular as AEW is now, but you know, different era, different landscape, and um, that's just interesting. So, all right, let's jump into this one. But Impact Wrestling's YouTube channel, Bound for Glory 2011, Sting vs. Hulk Hogan. Type that in, it's in there. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to cover this because I think we'll have some interesting stuff to talk about, and I think some interesting stuff will happen. So, Jeff, are you ready? Let's do this. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. All right. So we have Joker Sting uh, wearing a Hulkamania t-shirt. The yellow. Yep. Okay. 
Hogan is uh, in, I guess you would call him street clothes, kind of wrestling gear. He's got the red uh, knee uh, uh, knee pads there. Have a little bit, a little bit of the Hogan showing through with the red. Yeah, I got the red bandana. Yep. I mean, just look at Hogan moving around. You know, Hogan had all those surgeries and stuff. I mean, it's just yeah, he's moving around okay, but a little slow there. A little. I need to get a timeline on this. That there's some things I'm I'm curious about. So like, um, well, a co- couple things here. I got, I got a lot to talk about. So yeah, sure. Um, Hogan Sting. The first time they wrestled was actually on a Nitro. They went to a no contest in 1995. Okay, so Ric Flair is coming out to be the special guest referee. Dialing, profiling, yep. Dixie's not happy about it. Here comes Flair. So he's going to be involved. Hogan's happy about it. Sting and, and Dixie are not happy about it. Okay, so Hogan, Sting, that's the first time they wrestled. Um, and that was the only that was the only time pre NWO. So NWO, you know, we obviously have ninety six bash at the beach. Um, there was a War Games match that Hogan and Sting were both involved with in ninety six. Um, but then we don't have Sting wrestle for fifteen months. That's going to be the Starcade match, which I don't remember. But the next night on Nitro, we got a five minute no contest between Sting and Hogan. The night after that, then they had a steel cage match in January. That looks like it was just a house show, WCW Boston Brawl. They're in a tag match. So then they 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 wrestle at Super Brawl, and then Sting's gonna win the vacant, quote unquote. So they butchered that whole thing. But that's what happened. They're yeah. in a bunch of tag matches, um, a steel cage match on a house show, WCW LA Melee, um, bunch of tag matches. Sting's going to defeat Hogan for the world championship in 1999 at Fall Brawl. Um, Sting's going to defeat Hogan in three seconds at Halloween Havoc 1999. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they don't wrestle again one-on-one until this match, which was 11 years after WCW, after they were um, in in a match together. So long break. Uh, so, anyways, I thought that was thought that was interesting. Just a little timeline, and then Hulk Hogan. You know, this was his last match outside of. Um, he did a couple like six man tags for TNA after this, but this was it. And I think this was after he even did the. Trying to think of when that Hulkamania tour was in Australia. Let me just find that real quick. Because I'm curious about that. So, timeline wise. Okay. So, yeah, the Hulkamania tour in Australia was two years before this. And that was one where he had just gotten over surgery and was really banged up. So, mm-hmm. those, those flare matches uh, over in Australia were 2009. Hulkamania let the battle begin. Um, 2009 this is two years later um and this was it this was it for i mean this is hogan's last singles match the it's interesting because not nobody was watching tna at this time but 
the star, like just, I say, look at the star power in the ring right now. Like, why weren't we <laughs> like you got sting, you got Hogan, you got flair, you had Jeff Jarrett, you had like the, in the card was st- like, you know, we weren't, you know, I wasn't following AJ styles at the time. Like, you know, but you know, on the card on this one, like it really makes, doesn't make a whole lot of sense that we weren't watching this and like Kurt angle, like, you know, that Kurt angle, like plain and simple. And so, um, yeah, just unusual. I, 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 I attribute it to the TV landscape. I just mm. I think that 12 years ago, you know, you didn't have YouTube TV to record it. You weren't watching as much stuff on DVR. Um, I just think if this was happening in this era now, I would have been watching this. And, and oh, by the way, if the pay-per-views were free on a network or something. So I think that was the problem is it was mm-hmm. just a lot harder to watch and they were changing channels. And, you know, I mean, yeah, you I guess you had DVR then, but like you weren't DVRing as much. I don't know. So you got not a whole lot of wrestling going on here. There's some rest holds. You got Sting getting dumped to the outside a few times. You got Flair attacking Sting in front of Dixie Carter at this point, too. Like, yeah, just kind of everybody's just moving a little slow. That was the worst-looking low blow I've seen in a long time, too. Hogan high-fiving fans at ringside, though. You know, it's it's interesting. I... I think Vince McMahon played a big part in Hulk Hogan's career. I just, you know, there's a lot of stuff you see Hogan that Hogan did, whether it was here, WCW. And when when left to his own devices, I do believe that um, Hulk Hogan, you know, at times did stuff that necessarily wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. See, it's been, like I said, I added this after, you know, he was doing the podcast circuit for a bit and I, I was listening to all those. So was Flair, which I think Flair, Flair was better, I think, than the ones I listened to. But also, like, I think I texted you, I got through, I could not get through when Hogan was on Rogan because it just, like, they weren't letting him talk. I want to hear Hogan tell these stories and you got to let him, just let him loose, like, let him do his thing, like. Like, you know, I, I know you've said at any point you're you're ready to f- uh, fly down to his shop and interview him for the show. Like we are, we are ready to go. And so um, but I feel like the dude like he's got so many stories and I get he is embellishing a lot of this. Like, you know, and part of it may just be how he remembers it and his own kind of like glory on some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, look, but- I'm a I'm a Hulk Hogan, Mark. So, you know, maybe I have some bias here. Yeah, there, there is absolutely stuff that Hogan says that's complete bullshit. And again, whether he's lying, working, or just doesn't remember, I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is 70 years old, first of all. Second of all, everyone in the wrestling business bullshits. Like you, yeah. I mean, like you, they, the all point around, yeah. they all embellish, they all don't remember stuff. I mean, even with these podcasts, it's like Bruce Pritchard will say something, Eric Bischoff will say the opposite. Well, one of them or both of them's lying, right? They can't right. both be right. Right. I don't yeah, think they're just... liars, but it's like, you you know, you do have an industry of bullshitters. I mean, you know, you get guys that, hey, I mean, you know, Sergeant Slaughter still dresses up in his gimmick. He still lives his gimmick. He didn't <laughs> want a female to wear camo that was actually serving, you know, so... It's got to be funny like because you and I have seen him at some of like the conventions and stuff and to to be like staying at one of those hotels and not know what's going on or not know who he is and just see this dude every day walking. You got to be like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know. 
What's your timestamp here? I got some weird ads that popped up. I'm at eleven sixteen. Okay, that's right where I am too. Awesome. Okay. Um, things bleeding pretty good. Yes, things dripping pretty good here. Yeah, Hogan's got it all. This isn't bad for what it is. I mean, obviously, it's a brawl with you're telling a story, but it's not. It's not like I'm watching the wrestling and I'm like, oh, it's so bad. Like it's just, I, I think they're doing a pretty good job of working around obvious limitations. Blair taking some bumps here, getting punched a little bit. Sting grabs something from him. Was that Nux? I couldn't tell. Oh, yeah. Ooh, hit Hogan square with it. A couple times. Hogan's bloodied up, too, now. Yep. Yeah, I mean, for what this is, it's not bad. It's, yeah, it's definitely within their limitations of what they can achieve. Yeah. I mean, look, go go in your fifties. Go go work a ten minute match. You tell me what it looks like. Yeah, at the same time, like I, I you know, God, like I said, the star power here. Not to, not even just the star power, but like what? There's 150 years of wrestling experience right now, standing around the ring and in the ring. Like you know, just how long? You know, if not more than that, like just how long these guys have been doing this and going and like. That that those that Ric Flair interview made me think like man Rick's ready for his next last match like this is crazy like dude felt so bad about how he looked and getting knocked out and gassed and stuff like that like I am ready for another retirement match from Flair. So it was Sting he got uh, what he got locked in here yep trying to get Hogan turned over yep and there's a submission. Sting not really not really ascension down on it, not really sitting back. Hogan tapping here, and the ref finally. Dixie so, Carter gets it back. Hogan taps. Quickly taps. I wonder if his back was just so bad that he couldn't uh can only sell it for so long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't really cinch it in. I, I wonder if that's the case. So here comes everybody. Bischoff, Bully Ray. And so going to attack Sting. Yep, and now they're attacking Sting. Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner as well, too, out there. Yeah, and that was – and we didn't say it at the start. We should have. The referee is Garrett Bischoff. And so that's why he hesitated to uh, call the for the bell uh, when Hogan was submitting. So just attacking Sting at this point, yep. All right, well, let's keep this on and jump into the aftermath. Oh, it's time for the aftermath. All right, what'd you think? Like you said, it was fine for what it was. So you've got Bischoff's son now kind of turning on dad. He's about to get attacked at this point. Yep. Um, Yep, hitting his own son with a chair shot. Yeah, I think it was for like you said, for what it was, it's from a storytelling perspective, it was perfectly fine. Like it, you know, you're telling that story, you've got everybody on their feet, so they are enjoying it. 
or at least paying attention to it. So while it's the best, like you were not going to get, uh, uh, you know, a five-star match out of this, but from a storytelling perspective, it's perfectly fine. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Big pop of pomp. Sting just getting beat down here. Yep. Who's the guy with the ponytail? I'm not sure. Again, we don't know all these people. Give us the write-ups on this one. Yeah, so this one, and I will come back to it. Yeah, so the write-ups, let's get here. So, uh, yeah. Uh, The full bag of tricks was out to fill those nine minutes, but it worked for the purpose (laughs) it intended to serve. And this is from the torch. Uh, It's not like there were any expectations for the athleticism, and Hogan knew what he could do and didn't push it and make it look bad by doing things he's incapable of. So you got Hogan Hogan up now. And he's going to start attacking. Yep, here he goes. Now he's he has turned now. He's attacking Flair. He's attacking Bully Ray. Yep, he just took out Scott Steiner. Like all these different people. Yep. Yep. That's uh, it. All right. The ring was cleared of all but Bischoff, Sting, and Hogan. And so they're about to clear this out here. We won't spoil this too much. But yep. So you got Sting is up now. Hogan's up. And they're beating each other's chests. Here we go. Yep. You got Bischoff cowering in the corner. So just clearing it out. Yep. Yeah, but now I now I now I remember watching this at some point. Yep. Hogan. Yeah, this was the last singles match. Hogan taking a weird uh or yeah. Flair taking a weird corner shot. Yep, with the death drop there. Hey, is there any chance that guy with the, the ponytail was Drew uh was Drew uh, McIntyre? I don't think so. Because there was a G on his shirt. I was just like, is that Galloway? I don't know. I don't know. All right. So now we've got Hogan and Sting in the ring. Hogan has uh, kind of both guys bloodied up, looking like hell. But Bischoff is in the ring as well, too, kind of cowering in the corner. I do appreciate the uh, Hardy let Hardy gets us high T-shirts. The four guys wearing them in the uh, background there, like, yep, he's dealing with his problems, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, the fans are into this. Yeah, who doesn't want to see Eric Bischoff get punched? You know, like that's kind of what this boils down to. And so, yep, they'll pop here when it happens. Big wind up from Hogan. Yep. They're all cheering. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I mean, this is entertainment, right? There's more to this stuff than you know how many how good the mat the stars of the match were. It is funny too. This was 2011 and 2023. We got Sting having the matches he has now. Like it's crazy to think 13 years after this or 12 years after this, Sting is still like. Still go probably going harder than he did in this match, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. So this is gonna play out here a little bit here. You've had, you know, obviously these two guys realigning with each other at this point. Um, 
in winning that. And so it was actually the following night on impact. You had Dixie Carter replacing sting in charge of TNA after what, you know, all the stuff he had done. Um, he returned. It was actually a couple months later to the ring, just a few matches here and there, but he teamed up with Jeff Hardy to defeat Bobby Roode and bully Ray both times. So a couple different tag matches. Um, and so sting though, like, you know, feuded with Bobby Roode a little bit. So that's why you had that kind of, uh, the tag team matches coming out of that too, uh, ended up beating Bobby Roode in a no holds barred match, um, at both victory road and slam anniversary. Um, he also left the general manager position in favor of Hulk Hogan and then signed a contract extension with TNA. And it was the first inductee into TNA's hall of fame. So there you go. Um, Hogan on this one, Hogan actually came out and we'll have to look it up. I encourage everyone. We'll share the clip online, but Hogan came out the next night in the classic yellow and red, uh, putting sting over for the win and, and all that good stuff. So yeah, um, they uh, ended up feuding with a, the, uh, it ended up being, uh, a group of masked men who we kind of saw it a little bit during this match, kind of peeking behind the curtain. It was the aces and eights stable. Um, and kind of dealing with them as well. And so some of their members, of course, uh, Bully Ray, you had D'Lo Brown, like there was all kinds of like different stuff. Um, and so Tito Ortiz was a part of that as well too. Like just kind of like all these different people, again, they were very high on the factions. And so, um, dealing, dealing with that. So, yeah, but, um, yeah. So, Okay. Uh, just stuff, you know, just kind of weird. Uh, you know, they, this, this was really the end to that storyline. So it made sense, but, um, some more write-ups on this one. Uh, Sting and Hogan shook hands and raised each other's arms. Uh, yep. Uh, good stuff there. So this was the, f- uh, in regards to the matches of the night, this was number four. It only got a couple like in which rightfully so, um, the Kogan scenario couldn't have gone better. And this is the torch. Uh, even though there was concern about having a bad match in Philadelphia, Hogan is the master of getting a reaction with live crowds even more now because he hasn't wrestled a match in 19 months and hasn't had a pay-per-view match since his 2006 SummerSlam match with Randy Orton. Uh, Sting beat Hogan in 90, or 934. Ho- Ho- Hogan came out acting like a complete face, doing his facials to beg the crowd to cheer for him, and they did. Uh, the pop on Hogan and tore the shirt and the guys ran into his fist and bumped was really big three stars so uh torch didn't rank it they gave this one the um yeah the newsletter gave it three where do you got this one <laughs> no i mean like i have it as like a five out of ten i mean yeah this it's not horrible and I, you know, I, I love the guys in the match, so it's fine. Yeah, that's where I'm at. It was perfectly adequate. Like in regards to a just pure wrestling, yeah, it's like a one, maybe a two. But like it, you tell them the story, there was a lot to it. There was a lot of buildup for a long time on this one. It was the cap off to that story. Like, how can you not enjoy that? Plain and simple. So I'm with you. I'm at a five. So all right, that's it. 
That's it, man. Yeah, I want to, of course, remind everybody, don't forget about manscaped.com using that code PAYOFF, 20% off and free shipping, Caldera and Lab as well, too. This is Caldera, C-A-L-D-E-R-A, lab.com using the code PAYOFF. You're getting 20% off there. So 20% off all over. Sometimes you go and you log into the website, it only says 10 or 15. Get that extra couple of percentages off. And so whatever you're looking for, like I know... Um, you know, we've got their full slate of products. Tom, I know you recently just got the handyman. I know both of us were typically not a fan of those, but you are a a changed man now since you got the handyman. I love it. I think it's, I think it's an excellent product. It's like, I've seen stuff like that. I think it's better than any of those, but it's just a great way to quickly trim your face without having to do the full shave. And so it's just kind of a compact electric razor. It's, it's, It's awesome. I love it. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. With that, let's send them home happy. Cool. Appreciate everybody listening. We'll see you next week on an all new episode of The Pet.